Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. How many know our kids are in for an amazing KWA week? better sign up. You're not going to want to miss it. Ah, I told you. So, so awesome. And um, isn't it amazing? Our people made those costumes. All of our people are actors. They've made all of these skits. Could we praise God for all that he's done and what he's doing? Hallelujah. All right, so we're obviously covering the story of David and Goliath today. And um, here's the thing about the story of David and Goliath. It's actually 1 Samuel chapter 17. The thing about the story of David and Goliath is that sometimes things become so famous that they actually become flat. We end up missing the obvious Martin Luther, for example, once said that the Lord's Prayer uh, uh, was one of the greatest martyrs of the Christian church because people would recite the Lord's Prayer so quickly, so fast, but with no heart. and They would miss the power of it. And so, so many people in their hearts and in their minds, they actually reduce the story of David and Goliath to a wonderful story for children. But how many know this story is not for children? This story is for everyone right here. How many would say amen? And so as we approach this story, I want to remind everyone that this is in the word of God for our lives, for our hearts, for our families. Amen? And so... Um, This story is actually 58 verses long. We can't read all 58 verses. I will fill in some of the gaps, but we need to get right into it. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socah in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim. Uh, between Sokah and Azekah, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah, in the valley of Elah, and drew up their battle line uh, to meet the Philistines. Uh, The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another hill with the valley between them, just like you saw the Israelites here and the Philistines here. It says, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He was nine feet, over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet uh, on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. It was super thick and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? 
Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Uh, then the Philistines then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines' words, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. We're going to come back to this verse in a moment, but I want you to know that this is one of the key verses. Verse 11 is one of the key verses in this passage among others, but it's very, very important. Let's keep going. Uh, um, many, many things take place. In a nutshell, David comes David is sent. David wasn't in the army. David was still with his father tending the sheep. Uh, David's brothers were in the army. And on this particular day, God sent David to send the brothers some food and also to check on how they were doing because he knew that they were fighting with the Philistines. When David shows up, he walks into Goliath taunting the nation, the armies of God, the army of Israel's army. He hears them taunting, and when David comes upon the scene, he's going, what in the world is going on here? What is going on here, basically, is what's taking place. And his brothers got upset with him. All kinds of things are going on, but let me read very quickly. It says, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. At this point, it was 40 days of taunting. Everyone say 40 days. It's important. Okay. Uh, uh, the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. Notice that Israel never mentions God and neither does Goliath. Okay? It says the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. That'll make anyone fight right there, but let's keep going. <laughs> David asks the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy, notice, the armies of the living God? There's the first mention of God. Okay? That's the first mention of God. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told them, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Very quickly, keep going. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. So now David, even from his own family, is receiving, in a sense, an attack and a condemnation. See, sometimes when God has a plan for your life, even the people closest to you can come at you. And uh, uh, now, now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? 
he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by his hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Second mention of God. Notice this. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord will be with you. Just a little bit more. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling and in his hand, uh, uh, with, his, with his sling in his hand and approach the Philistine. Always remember, little is much when God is in it. Okay? A little bit more. Meanwhile, the Philistines with his shield bearer in, in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Few more verses. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but one more time. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. For the battle, everyone, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Can we praise God that he is, he takes up the battle. He takes up the battle. I just want to pray very quickly right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I, would, I pray that you would bless the remaining moments of this service. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every heart. I pray that today this would not be just a story for our children, but may it be a story for our hearts and our lives. And so Lord, bless, uh, um, bless the remaining moments. Breathe on us. Open our eyes that we might see the wonderful things in your law. Someone needs to see 
what's happening in their life the same way David did. So help us, Lord, to pursue you, God. Help us to pursue you, Lord God, so that we could live like David did. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. And amen, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what, I want to jump very quickly to the title of the message now. The title of the message is David pursued God and found courage to slay giants. David pursued God and found courage to slay giants. It is very, very important for us to understand that courage is something that comes from God. This kind of courage. It comes from the spirit of God. This was a, a spiritual battle. And what I want to do is walk through this passage of scripture as quickly as I can. And this is very important. Verse 11 is actually a key verse. Remember in this story, Goliath stands as a type of Satan. When you study the life of Goliath, you see all of the tactics and all of the manipulations of the devil himself. All of the intimidation. You know, he, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. And he comes to intimidate and impart fear and paralyze us so that we will not move forward. And so uh, look at this very quickly. Uh, as I mentioned, verse 11, could you put that up? Verse 11, three different translations. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. That's the New Living Translation. The ESV says they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And I like the, HS, uh, the Holman translation, I believe it is. And here's what it says. It says they lost their courage and were terrified. Everyone say courage. What you have here is one group of people who should be full of courage and they lost their courage. And because they lost their courage, they were paralyzed. Because they lost their courage, they were paralyzed. Many of us fail to understand how important courage actually is. And what makes this series so vitally important is that remember, 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 our pursuits determine our perceptions. So David was the only one who saw things differently because David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who sought God all the time. And because of that, David had courage. In other words, here's what's seeking God every day. Everyone say every day. Here's what seeking God every day all the time does for you. Okay, it gives you courage. Courage is the awareness of the nearness and faithfulness of God that makes us bold when we're confronted by a problem or an enemy. Okay, courage, we, this is very important. It's the awareness of the nearness and faithfulness of God. So all of these, all of these men here were not aware of the nearness and the faithfulness of God. They had the Bible. They had the history. They knew what God did to Pharaoh. They knew what God did to, to, did to Egypt. They had story after story after story of the great things that God had done for them. But see, because they were not God seekers. They lost their sense of awareness 
of the nearness and the faithfulness of God. How many know the Lord is near? Everyone say the Lord is near. Yes, he is near. He's near. But our, our pursuits determine our perceptions. Remember, remember, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. David was a man of great courage. He had a deep sense of the nearness of God. And so this is a vitally important truth for all of us because we will all face giants. And somebody probably brought a giant into the room with them today. So what I want to do is just talk very quickly about what happened when David pursued the face of God. This, is, this series has been so phenomenal uh, for me personally. Because reading the Bible and spending time with God has been so strengthening my heart. God has called us to go beyond. We as a church, we're called to go beyond. We're called to go, ex to expect God to do things that are seeding, exceedingly and abundantly everyone beyond. That's the call of God upon this church. That's the call of God upon our lives. But we have to believe him. And how many know when we want to go beyond, uh, uh, the devil always sends a Goliath to stand in our way. And so let's walk through this and learn from, from the life of David. First of all, first of all, David's courage kept him in the spirit. David's courage kept him in the spirit. This is a, a, a very powerful thing because what we mean by that is that that look, when, when David walks upon the scene, everyone is trembling, and David is like, Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Okay? Understand that for David, he recognized what was really happening. A lot of times, Christians don't recognize what's really happening. But David stayed in the spirit because when you seek God, how many know, when you get in the spirit in the morning, how many know that enables you to walk in the spirit all throughout the rest of the day? You seek the Lord, and when you seek the Lord, you stay in the spirit. And so when something happens, uh, even if it's a confrontation from the enemy, we have to stay in the spirit. We have to be able to, to look at something and not panic and not run around and go crazy. We have to say, all right, I'm, uh, everybody say, I'm cool. You see, I'm cool. David was a man who stayed in the spirit. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. This, this is why David was such an amazing New Testament character. Because David understood things that were not even yet articulated in scripture. David walks in, everyone's afraid of, of Goliath in the flesh, and David is saying, this guy is defying the armies of God. You see, David had a different perception because when you spend time with God, you see things differently. 
When you spend time with God, when you seek God, when you're a man or a woman after God's own heart, you walk in and you might be hit with something in the natural, but then you know in the, in the spiritual realm, you said, this is not flesh and blood, this is the enemy. You see, look at another, another key verse in Psalm 78. The Bible says, the men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. Okay, they were armed with bows, but they turned back in the day of battle. Some people do great in the classroom. Some people do fantastic in the academy. They get all the best scores. But when it comes time, when the pressure's on, when the devil shows up and the devil will show up, some people, they panic. You see, because Christianity is more than coming to church and learning a few things. I've literally heard people, yeah, I like going to church because it makes my life a little bit better. This is way more than making your life a little bit better. How many would say amen? We're talking about being God seekers. And as we seek the face of God, powerful things happen inside of us. And so when we walk throughout the day, God has called you to walk throughout the day in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. We have to walk in the spirit. We have to keep in step with the spirit. Because when you're in the spirit, then you don't turn back. When you're supposed to move forward, you move forward in the name of Jesus. Just because you've got the big fat Bible or you've got all the apps, that doesn't mean anything. You could have 20 Bibles. How many know you could have one Bible and open it and read it is better than having 20 Bibles and not read it. And so, because David was a man after God's own heart, see, he stayed in the spirit. He, he could perceive the true character in the moment. I've got this in my notes. You know, twice a day, twice a day, Goliath would taunt him, would taunt Israel. Forty days, twice a day means 80 times. All right? Now, I want you to, I want you to now put your life into this, this text. Forty days, twice a day, there was a demonic voice saying, you will, not be, you will not move forward. You will become my slave. Forty times, okay? And no one in Israel had the capacity to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Not one person had the capacity to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus. But here's what courage does. Courage will take care of in four hours what Satan will do for 40 days. And so here's what's going on with some people here. What's going on with some people here is that you should have been long gone past this valley in your life. But you won't deal with the giant. You should have been long gone, okay? The valley Ela should be like valley who? And so, but 
That's what seeking God does. Seeking God puts you in the spirit. And that's why I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you would be God seekers. I'm praying that, 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 that you, that I'm praying that God would change the lives of the people in our church. I'm praying that God will change your life. I'm praying that Goliath will no longer stand in the way of your destiny. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Look, I want to say this very last one. You know, it says, this is now speaking to a leader. It says, but you keep your head in all situations, in all hardships, in all circumstances. And it, look, look at what he said to Timothy. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. What was he saying? Paul was saying, look, no matter what kind of devil comes at you, Timothy, you keep doing what God has called you to do. Just keep your head. Don't panic. Stop blaming people. Stop fighting with people. Sometimes, as soon as something hard gets, we panic, we flip out, we start yelling and screaming and pointing fingers and all that instead of being calm and saying, Jesus, you are with me. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If God be for us, who can be against us? See, and that's what happens when you grow up in God. You get these storms that hit you or these huge battles that hit you and you absolutely go, Lord. I thought you cared about me. And then when you learn about the faithfulness of God, it comes. And you go, let him come. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's incredible. Last thing, how when you're in the spirit, when you're in the spirit... Put it this way, when you're not in the spirit, Goliath's words are meaningful. When you're in the spirit, Goliath's words have no value, no meaning to you. And somebody here, there's all of this negativity, worry, 80 days, 80 times, over and over. Negativity, negativity, negativity. What about this? What if that? What about this? What about that? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Negative, 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 instead of saying Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Hallelujah. God wants to break that voice in your life. He wants to break worry. He wants to break fear. He wants to break doubt. Let him come. You know what? I, I got to get rid of, I got to get a new, I was preaching in, in Virginia. This thing just went flying almost. Just preach like a Cuban, just too many hand movements. <laughs> All right. Here's the next thing that we learn. Number two, David's courage grew through private battles. David's courage grew through private battles. This series emphasizes pursuing God in the private place because it does something to you. Our pursuits determine our perceptions. 
So look, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Your servant has killed. He says, you can't do this. He says, no, no, no. Wait. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What we have to understand is that David's courage grew through his private battles. We're called to be privately healthy and then what? Publicly fruitful. See, your private life is so vitally important to the glory of God. God's will is that you and I would be privately healthy first. Okay, and part of the way we become privately healthy is that we fight our battles in private. We don't run from things. We don't come to church and act like everything's good when it's not good. You see, he's called us to be victorious in private. And what happens is, is when you win the battles in private, then it gets you ready for all sorts of things you're ready to face in public. What we have to understand is that private battles are beneficial, valuable, and necessary. Private battles are, say this with me, beneficial, valuable, and necessary. Why? It's because private, fighting private battles is how God, number one, prepares us for public battles. And number two, how God ensures our small battles don't grow into big ones. You know, you know Goliath wasn't always nine feet tall. Someone might be here today and you're facing a Goliath that's over nine feet tall, but you should have taken care of it when it was three feet tall. Amen. Amen. See, sometimes when we fight battles, we think God doesn't care for us and we don't realize it's a blessing. We don't realize that battles in a way, it's like battles are your friend. Because all of those private battles are the way God wants to grow you and strengthen you and prepare you for new things and greater things. We have to be faithful in the small. If you can't win the small battle, how are you going to win the big battle? The problem is, is we want the rewards that come from, from winning the big battles. But if you want the rewards from winning the big battles, how many know you got to start by winning the private battles, the small battles? And so David, he was such a, an amazing guy. Think about this. They are in the valley of Elah. Right? Israel on one side and, and uh, the Philistines on the other side in the valley of Elah. Now, I don't know what valley David was in. But David was alone fighting lions and bears taking care of those sheep. And because he won those battles, he was like, look, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How many know that private victory led to that powerful, amazing victory? So look, this message must be applied to our lives. You got to apply it. Everyone say apply it. What are your private battles? Face them. Fight them in the name of Jesus. What are you grappling with? 
They, you know, there might be secret things going on in your life or, or, or could be going on in my life. We've got to fight the things that are coming after us in private. You see, we have to fight them. And we, then you turn around. Let me tell you something. I've seen this over the years. i got to close quickly now. But over the years, I have noticed that you go through these incredible hardships and then you, you move on, time moves on, right? And then you turn around and say, man, that terrible thing, that actually was the greatest thing. That terrible thing made me who I am today. Listen, I got a, a quick but, but really powerful example. I, I'm ha I have a hard time with, with, uh, with the name do I have it here? No, these are notes for the musicians. Oh, I got it right here. Here it is. Listen to this. Uh, Shavarsh Karaptian was a Soviet-Armenian swimmer. He was the 11-time world record holder, 17-time world champion. He was an Armenian champion at age 17, was once considered the master of sports of the Soviet Union and they've put out quite a few. One morning he was doing his usual run in Armenia when a large trolley bus carrying 92 passengers lost control and flew off the road into freezing water. The bus sank 10 meters deep, one by one, Sharvish carried out 30 people, 20 of which survived. He spent nearly 20 minutes in the frigid water. Sharvish, Shavarsh lost consciousness after the 30th dive down incurred heavy pneumonia and blood contamination from the polluted water. Unconscious for 46 days, he recovered but was never able to compete again. Experts agree that no one but him could have done what he had done, and here's why. When he was 15, he got into a fight with a group of kids who after beating him up, they tied a heavy stone to his neck and threw him into the frozen lake. He managed to rip the ropes off his hands, release himself from the stone, and swam to the surface. Most people would have avoided bodies of water after that, but he embraced it, using that experience to fuel him the rest of his life. See, here's what we need to understand. And, and look, this is a hard truth. As we go to close, this is a very hard truth if, if the singers could be ready. See, God can use yesterday's trauma as preparation for tomorrow's victory. Some people get traumatized, something hard, something devastating happens in their life, something profoundly hurtful, and they stay there. And their whole life is shaped by that. And I don't, when I'm saying this, I don't want to come across like I'm being insensitive to past pain. I'm not saying that. Pain is real. The Bible says each heart knows its own bitterness. No one can share its joy. Nobody knows but, but you what you've been through. You understand? But see, faith looks at life differently. Faith knows that the things that we go through, the Bible describes it as light and momentary trials. Because how many know when we get to heaven, there'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrows. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
No matter what we go through in this life, when we get to heaven, it will not matter. One drop. And so we can live by faith today and say, I'm not going to let the pain of the past keep me down. On the contrary, on the contrary, I'm going to use it as a stepping stone to incredible victory. So when that bus goes in the water, he's not afraid. He says, I've already been in that frigid water. I had, a, I had a giant rock tied around my neck. I know exactly what those people feel. See, sometimes you go through stuff because God is going to use your pain, your hardship, your difficulty to say to someone, I know exactly where you're at, but I'm going to tell you something. God is great. God, and he's going to deliver you from this by his mighty power. He's going to set you free. And I know because he set me free. How many know whom the sun sets free is free indeed? Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Now here's the last thing. Okay, here's the last thing. David's courage led him to his destiny. His courage led him to his destiny. David ran quickly. Everyone say quickly. David ran quickly. Some people don't move because of the taunts of the enemy. Okay? We seek God and we see the enemy and we run quickly. That's the way someone has to run against drug addiction today. That's the way someone has to run against pornography today. That's the way someone needs to run against jealousy or anger or racism. You understand? They need to say, I'm not going to settle for that anymore. That's the way someone might hear, you might be entertaining an adulterous relationship. You have to run quickly and say, I'm deleting the numbers. I'm deleting this. You are deleted from my life. You're deleted from my life. No more excuses, no more waiting, not three months, not four months. Right now, David ran quickly. Because David understood, David understood. You realize this victory was the game changer of his life. Okay? It was the game changer. This is what changed everything. And what we don't understand many times is that our destiny lies right behind our Goliath. Right behind. And all we can see is the giant. Meanwhile, God says, he promises that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I might be fighting Goliath today, but I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Last thing, we must recognize today that giants, giants in your marriage, giants, fears, phobias, whatever it might be, whatever the Lord is speaking to you about, whatever you're perceiving to be a giant, what we have to understand is that giant is really there because Satan wants to stop you from from a walking in the plan and the fulfillment of God for your life. But God is able. 
See, what I love, here's, a, here's how we'll close. What I love, why is this story in the Bible? Okay? This story is in the Bible because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. It says that by faith, the weak became strong. They conquered kingdoms. How did they conquer kingdoms? Their hearts were filled with courage. Always remember, faith is courage and courage is faith. And so the way I want to close this meeting, I feel in my heart, some of us, what we need, what we need, all right, is not that somehow Goliath would get distracted and go away. God, please get rid of this Goliath. It's not what we need. What we need is a baptism of courage. Come on, let's put our hands together and say, yes, Lord. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.